This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. The goal of this podcast since day one is to provide the best information on the Vancouver real estate market at no cost to you, the listeners. To that end, we'd like to thank the following sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your host, Matt Scalina. Matt, we've got a treat for people today. Kush Panach of the Panach Development Group. I'm a huge fan of Kush's. Uh, he's, he's a great Actually, guy. Actually, I think it's Panach Group. Panach Group, Panach yeah. Development Group. Okay. Yeah, Panach Group. Yeah, they yeah. do development, though. So Yes, they are developers. You are forgiven. That's a, that's a fair... Mia culpa. <laughs> that's Latin. <laughs> Go on. Okay, anyways. Well, no, Kush uh, was very gracious with his time and came on to talk about you know, his past in real estate. Now he's a, he's a major developer in the city there. There's, they've got 50 electronic Avenue, which is going to yeah, be an upcoming Moody. project in Port Moody, really innovative project, tons really exciting of hype, project. Tons of hype around that project. Well, for sure. It's in a fantastic neighborhood. And uh, also it's, it's, it's an interesting project and we'll let Kush talk more about that. But also if you are interested in 50 electronic Avenue, we also had Kush on the Vancouver pre-sale condos podcast, where he talks in depth about the project where you can learn more and then also get in touch if you are interested, uh, we have access. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing to say about Kush, why this episode is so interesting uh, for guys like us is he started as a realtor in Richmond. He's lived in Richmond for a long time, but basically started selling homes and now he's developing hundreds of units out in Port Moody. Right. Uh, he's a long-term hold guy. He bought that land 20 years ago as a warehouse uh, I was talking to somebody in Richmond, a builder yesterday who knows Cush and had nothing but great things to say uh, about, you know, 
the way he operates in Richmond as a community. And he pointed out, you know, that's what you call forecasting. This guy knows how to buy property. So it's great talking to him about the current market and where we're at, what to buy and, uh, and uh, where we're headed. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. And uh, one other thing that he mentions is, is he's got his kind of the way that he looks for real opportunities. We'll save it. It's in the, it's in the interview, but uh, it, it just goes to show, I mean, it's something that we've brought up in the past it's good advice for investors looking to kind of get an inside track into a specific market and how to learn, and it's a, it's a great tip. Absolutely. So why don't we just cut to our talk with Kush Panach? Enjoy. Okay, so we're here with Kush Panach, the president of Panach Group. How are you doing, Kush? Very well, thank you. Thanks for taking the time today. Oh, no problem. Really appreciate the opportunity. So, Kush, can you maybe start by telling us a little bit about yourself and the Panach Group? We are actually a very small uh, family-owned operation based out of Richmond. Uh, we've been around for almost uh, 30 years, uh, fairly obscure up until the last few years because uh, we did primarily uh, commercial and industrial holding properties. We bought properties and held on to them for the long term. But in the last number of years, we've evolved more into becoming a builder, uh, focused primarily on uh, a type of product in Richmond. Uh, but the last uh, two projects uh, in Richmond have been uh, mixed-use projects. So as the time has evolved, some of the properties that we bought, in some cases going back almost 15, 20 years ago, have become development properties as the areas have evolved. And uh, we've become over the last few years now more and more of a, I would say more of a developer as opposed to being an investor. And that's the, the status of the company right now. So, Kush, we have a lot of uh, aspiring real estate moguls who listen to our show. And I'm struck by, you know, you have this project coming up that we're hoping uh, to talk to you about Electronic Avenue, but it sounds like you bought that land 20 years ago and you've kind of looked to see up and coming neighborhoods and and hold property for the long term. How do you go about uh, focusing in on neighborhoods? What are you looking for? And, And can you talk a little bit about your process? Yes, I wish I could say it was a very magical or complicated process. It's not. It's one of being, I think, uh, uh, very looking at the longer term and being somewhat patient is one thing. I think uh, a lot of people come into our business thinking they can uh, make it overnight. I I hate to burst that bubble, but unfortunately, it is a longer term business if you want to stay in it and become what I would call successful. Uh, So in that sense, uh, my looking back almost uh, 20, 25 years since I started really getting into investments, and identifying areas, my thing was always to look for areas where there's a potential for transition. I always looked for communities where I saw, let's say, fairly large land holdings that were being used or being underutilized. And I always thought that if you could buy near those kind of holdings, because I personally didn't have the capacity to buy big properties. So my key areas were always looking for that one, two or three acre property next to larger holdings where I thought if a change takes place close to me, then I'll benefit from that. And Port Moody was very much in that uh, vein. I remember going to Port Moody 20 years ago and next door to this property, there was a big uh, old Ipsco steel plant, which had been shut down. And I knew that they weren't going to restart that plant. So eventually I I talked to them and they indicated they were going to be looking at at, uh, rezoning the property and redeveloping that when I was doing my due diligence for this property at 50 Electronic Avenue. And also next to that, there was another 25-acre piece of land, which to me seemed to ideally located for development, but wasn't quite happening yet. So that kind of uh, piqued my interest. And it was actually as a result of seeing those two larger properties 
that I bought this property, which was about three and a half acres with a very old rundown warehouse on it. And we took the longer term view of going in there and fixing up the warehouse and actually retenanting it and uh, holding on to the property for almost uh, what will be now 20 years. Fascinating. And, and how did you get your start? Like, sounds like you've been kind of in the business 20, 25 years. Yes, I got my start uh, very much the good old-fashioned way, uh, selling residential real estate. I, was, uh, I started selling residential real estate in Richmond in 1988 and was very fortunate to get into the business as it was just turning up. It's starting to pick up momentum from being basically in the doldrums in the early 80s and after that very, very high interest rates that we had. So fortunately, I got into it at a point when there was a bit of an upturn and uh, increased interest in the uh, in real estate in general, and uh, became what I thought was a pretty successful uh, residential realtor. I was actually one of the top Remax realtors in Richmond for a couple of years, and that's when I very I wish I could say there was a very planned uh, turn, but uh, I started noticing what some of the developers were doing in Richmond and uh, how the successful ones were operating. And after about three to four years in sales, I started getting into basically with whatever savings I had accumulated, buying up the odd small lot and uh, looking at how I could redevelop these properties. And uh, that's how I got my start in my early days. And uh, eventually over time, where I was doing a, a single family lots, I started buying, consolidating land for small townhouse developments, initially just selling them to some of the larger well-known developers who actually built them out. And then I started noticing that, uh, well, there was a some, uh, I guess, uh, additional profit by building it out. So about uh, 12 years ago, I got together with a couple of other local bank, uh, Richmond developers. We, I would consolidate the land. They would take care of the construction and marketing. And over time, we went off on our own and started doing the whole process ourselves. And that's basically how I got my start. Fascinating. So, Kush, how about, um, I'm really just thinking about uh, your previous answer about un- underutilized properties. Where where are you seeing opportunities where there might be under underutilized land currently in Greater Vancouver? Or are you? Yeah, I hate to say it, it's becoming more and more challenging yeah. only because the area is just being so well built out. And the other element, which is, I think, made things difficult for someone like myself or maybe a younger version of me, if I was trying to replicate what I've been able to do for all these years, I think it will be more challenging because very simply, there just is much more money and much more capital chasing everything, it seems. Uh, I used to find there was a good opportunity, an area that I, I operated in very successfully for quite a number of years, was basically buying properties that were sort of out of the range of what I would call the individual small developer investor so a few years ago that was properties primarily in that sort of a two to five million dollar range and they weren't on the radar of the larger players but now i'm finding that there's a lot more people out there quote smaller investors developers now that can buy up properties up in the five even ten million dollar range and it seems because the properties are so hard to come by people that would normally thumb their nose at the smaller properties are now chasing after those because they, they're finding it very competitive in that $20, $50 million range even. So the dynamics of the business, unfortunately, fortunately or unfortunately, have changed quite a bit in the last few years. Right. And do you, do you see that changing with, so like we just were talking to uh, somebody else about kind of the changing dynamics this year, market softening, a lot of uh, attempts to, to clamp down on demand. Do you see that that shift back or the pendulum swinging back or, or do you think that ship's kind of sailed no i think this is a bit of a lull i'll be very honest with you i really thought in the last few years 
I've experienced this, I think, in the last few years, in the last 10, 12 years, a couple of times where you've seen the market pull back in terms of the demand due to either changes in taxes or a certain spike in the in the market, and everyone feeling this has all gotten to a number where it's just not going to be affordable anymore. We will see a dramatic pullback, and all we end up seeing is more of a lull in the marketplace. There just seems to be this unrelenting, um, I guess, demand that just seems to be. Uh, un- sort of bubbling under, it seems, every time. And then whenever we get this uh, sort of pullback for three months or six months, uh, it doesn't. the prices don't seem to come back much. And then the next wave of demand seems to, uh, to, to come up. So in that sense, I think there's been a change in the marketplace. You know, and having recently gotten another opportunity to travel, I hate to say it, anyone that you talk to, anywhere you go in the world, Canada it just is a very desirable place. And then Within Canada, BC is even a more desirable place. And once people identify BC as a desirable place, uh, it's very rare now that you mention somebody, you mentioned Vancouver, and people look at you and think, like, where is that? You mentioned Vancouver, and it's like, oh, you know, I've been there. My friend has been there. It's a great place to be. So I hate to say it. I think it's going to be, we've just become too, <laughs> too desirable place to be. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so, so Kush, uh, we know you have uh, you have kids uh, that have joined you in your business. Do you have any advice for millennials out there looking to get into the market? Uh, in terms of uh, you mean becoming a buyer in the marketplace or be- yeah. being able to buy their first home, right? Kind of first time home buyers. Yeah, I think as first time home buyers, it definitely is more and more challenging. But I think my advice would still be to look for that any angle to be able to get in. Maybe you do buy something that's a little bit further away. Maybe you, you, know, you co-share a place with someone in terms of uh, maybe, maybe it's a friend, uh, maybe it's two of you getting together to buy something. My advice would still be, as difficult as it is, still try to get into the marketplace in some ways, uh, whether that involves uh, getting a helping hand from parents that hopefully are able to give a hand or look for other avenues. And that kind of, that's one, this is one of the areas uh, when we were looking at our project in Port Moody, the city came to us and said, well, you know what, it's very nice that you, build, you want to build this project, but what are you doing for the community in, in, in trying to help, think, help out with the affordability equation? And we were presented with that challenge and asked to basically do what a number of people are already doing, which is, oh, we would like you to include a number of, quote, affordable, affordable rental homes in your project or rental. And we looked at the marketplace in Port Moody and we saw a number of projects have already coming on board, and there's already actually about 500, 502, actually, to be exact, rental uh, units that are going to be coming on the market in Port Moody over the next few years. So Port Moody has been very successful in attracting developers to be able to do rental housing or provide rental housing. But you kind of answer your long-winded answer to your question, but we were looking at the same thing. Where are the challenges? The challenge is also some of those millennials that have actually gotten into the marketplace and being able to rent something is then being able to get their basically their foot on the on the ladder to ownership, and that's really been the challenge. Mm-hmm. And actually, as part of our project in Port Moody, uh, we have actually set aside uh, 30 homes that we're putting together, put, are going to put into a rent to own program. And this is something kind of unique that not too many people are doing. And we felt that this was our mess, our chance to kind of help with that uh, sort of conundrum of how do you get in the marketplace. So what we're going to allow is the 30 Port Moody residents or uh, people that work in Port Moody to be able to come partake in our project, put their name down. They will identify a unit as though they were going to be buying the unit. 
we will let them rent a unit for a period of two years at a pretty reasonable rent. Uh, we've identified actually a, a rent of $1,000 a month for uh, one bedrooms and $1,250 wow. for a two-bedroom wow. unit. Uh, be able to come in as a renter for a period of two years. And then at the end of the two years, we will let them buy their unit. And we're going to basically take the rents that they have paid us, and that will form part of the down payment. We're giving them a full credit for their total down payment. That's fantastic. And, wow. and we thought this would be a good way to kind of uh, uh, introducing people into the ownership, uh, sort of uh, having at least a, prospect, a reasonable prospect, prospect of being able to buy and the program was actually very well received by the city and the city councillors, and uh, they gave us actually strong, we actually, our project was uh, approved uh, unanimously. And so it's great to see the community kind of recognizing this uh, challenge, and, uh, and we're going to do what our little bit of it, if I can say that, to try to help out with it. So just so I'm clear on, on that, Kush, it's, that's Electronic Avenue where, where there's going to be the rent-to-own? Uh, yes, the this is a... This is our new project in Port Moody that uh, is uh, going to be branded as 50 Electronic Avenue. Uh, we have just received approval from City Council. So we have our sales center under construction right now, and we're hoping to be out in the marketplace by later this year. And this program is a part of that. Uh, part of that. Wow, that, that is really fantastic because we, you know, we talk to a lot of people. Um, one of the complaints you hear from young people in Vancouver all the time is, yeah, if you don't have the bank of mom and dad, uh, helping out, you know, especially if you live in the city and work in the city, it's very hard to be saving almost any money, uh, with, with rents, uh, and cost of living being where it is. So that's, man, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, and, and th- that's what I heard from people is that, well, we, you know, if, even if we're able to save up a little bit, we're very diligent about it. We're try- trying very hard to save. So over a period of two years, they would save up maybe twenty, thirty thousand. 30,000. Unfortunately for them, the, uh, the prices, the unit that we're looking at also went up by 20, 30, in some cases 50,000. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, the, uh, to me, the real turning point was actually, I don't mind sharing this with you, was actually talking to a firefighter fighter in Port Moody who was uh, born and raised in Port Moody and became a firefighter in Port Moody. And he was telling me about how he's been trying to buy something in Fort Moody and how a local, like basically, you know, provider, a, 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 a first responder can't even afford to live in the community that he, he grew up in, that he works in, that he services. Uh, he's looking at, he was looking at buying actually out in Pet Meadows because he felt that's the only place where he could actually afford something. And this is a common thing, a theme we've heard from uh, first responders, especially and it's a real challenge for cities like Vancouver, where most of their firefighters, their nurses, and basically everyone that they would need in the case of an emergency of any kind, live 30, 40, in some cases, an hour and a half away. And God forbid there's a, there's a, there's a major calamity and you, want, you need these people. By the time you call them and they're able to get to you, uh, it will be, you'll be waiting for a little while, I hate to say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and good. I was actually listening to one of these firefighters that kind of... Uh, uh, kind of basically gelled and bring helped to kind of bring this rent to own program together. Just out of curiosity, Kush, so it, it, obviously there's going to be uh, quite a bit of demand for for these units. How it, will it be a lottery, or how how will it work for people that have put put their name down? Well, as a matter of fact, I have a meeting scheduled next week to address this very issue with the city of Port Moody right. because we want the program obviously to be very to be fair and to be transparent. So we're actually involving the city of Port Moody and uh, maybe one or two local residents to give input as to how the program should be structured and uh, who should benefit from it. Because obviously, I appreciate what you're saying. There will be the demand will far exceed what we're able to provide. 
Fantastic. So outside of uh, outside of Port Moody, Kush, are are there areas of Metro Vancouver that which areas are you most excited about in terms of, uh, you know, we have a lot of investors, a lot of homeowners or aspiring homeowners listening to the program. I would still, I think, if I was younger and I was looking for sort of new areas to get into, uh, unfortunately, you do have to go a little bit further out uh, just to just to make the numbers more manageable and affordable. So, I mean, one of the areas I particularly like is Langley. Lang- both Langley City and the township of Langley. I think that's uh, it's kind of one of those what I call sandwich communities. They're sort of caught between Surrey that's growing fast and has more services, but yet I think it's a bit of a it hasn't been recognized as much as I think it could be for the level of amenity that, amenities that are there. And I think if uh, the transit system keeps going the way it is, I think eventually it is lead, it's going in their direction. So I think that will be one community that I really feel that. Uh, is uh, is desirable and they have a lot of facilities available. And then looking out the other way, I mean, Port Moody, Coquitlam are, of course, now experiencing the boom as a result of the Evergreen Line. I can see that communities like uh, Pitt Meadows and maybe, you know, Maple Ridge, seeing the the overflow from this uh, demand that you're seeing in the uh, in the Tri-City areas. Yeah, very good point. Um, so, Kush, is, is the Panach Group considering other markets outside of Vancouver? No, we're not. Being a small operation, we're kind of limited to what we do. Up until a few years ago, I'll be very honest with you, other than Fort Moody and some holdings that we used to have in Surrey, we have been focused a lot on just on the Richmond market. Because my attitude, and this is what I preach to any investor that comes to me for advice, is uh, focus on an area and get to know it really well. Sometimes the best opportunities are the ones that are really at your doorsteps. And I've been a Richmond resident since 1980. And uh, as unsophisticated as it sounds, uh, most of my uh, investments, projects have been within about a three to five mile radius of my, basically between my home and my office. It's not very sophisticated, but I found I've been able to still find what I call sort of the unpolished jewels very close to home. That's interesting. So the deep local knowledge and, and buy what you know. Very much, that's really what you, I think as an individual investor, and especially if you're smaller, local, and if you're the family, I think that's the only differentiating factors anymore, because I hate to say there's a lot of people out there with a lot of money. So if if all you're doing is you're chasing after what everyone else is chasing, you're not going to get it. You'll, You'll get beat out every time. And I have been constantly, even with local knowledge. So I found over the years, for me, the only advantage that I had was really get to know a local market. And for me, it happened to be Richmond. So I participate in the community deeply. I'm involved with a lot of nonprofits. Uh, I give a lot of my time. I get to know people. And sometimes a lot of the potential deals come to me as a result of a conversation. It's not stuff that, it's not things coming from a realtor from someone. It's someone telling me, oh, I was talking to so-and-so. They're thinking of this. I heard so-and-so bought this in the neighborhood. Do you know what's going on? And sometimes that's the catalyst of my next deal. And it does really serve you very well also at the other end when you build a project uh, because you're kind of well-known in the community. And, and if you do do a good job and have a great reputation, you don't have to spend a lot of t- time and effort marketing your projects because uh, the last two projects we built in in, uh, in Richmond, until the projects were almost 50 or 75% sold, we didn't even place an ad in the newspaper or have any market presence out there. It was sheer people just having a sign outside and people kind of knowing about you and they know that you've built, you build good product and they will come and you know, they'll tell your friends and neighbors and all of a sudden you find yourself in an enviable position of being able to sell 
what you've built without spending a lot of time and money marketing it. Well, it's interesting because what speaking to the local community, you're getting that constant feedback loop as well, where you're hearing what the needs are of the community and you're able to actually build based on that, that deep knowledge, right? And, and that really is a key factor because I remember a few years ago, we built a townhouse project in, in Richmond and it was one of the first townhouse projects ever built with the full air conditioning. And I know some of my fellow developers looked at me and said, like, why are you doing this? It's, it's an extra fifteen to $25,000 a unit to put in full air conditioning. But I had heard because I've been, you know, talking to a lot of the, the, my previous buyers and just from the neighborhood and stuff with the changes in the environment, the, the, heat, the heat was becoming an issue for a lot of the sort of especially the, uh, the retirees. They wanted a place that did offer them full air conditioning, and yet it wasn't available out there. And I remember in that townhouse development that we did, a good number of our sales were as a result of having the air conditioning. So I think in that sense, you do have to kind of listen to the community and see what's out there and uh, what people want. And, uh, and I mean, one of the changes, which uh, I'm sure we'll get a chance to talk about in the, later in the program, is about the Park Moody project. I'll mention a couple of things that we're introducing in there, which I think are somewhat innovative and uh, differentiating factors. And that's just coming from listening to people in the community. Right, right. And maybe as a final question, Kush, um, what does the rest of 2018 look like in our market? In our market, I, th- I think it's going to still be, I don't think there's going to be much of a change, much different than what we've seen in the last six to, six to nine months. I think that the underlying demand is still there. I think what this is giving people, though, is an opportunity maybe they're not having to chase everything that they see, maybe a chance to be a little more selective where a project is not selling out over a weekend or over the next two weekends, they can actually take their time and actually think things through and maybe compare uh, different projects and stuff, which I think is actually a good opportunity opportunity for developers, let alone the buyers. Perfect, uh, Kush. Thanks for that. So we actually have this segment called the Five Wire, which is five quick questions about Greater Vancouver. Can you stick around for that? Sure, I'll be happy to do that. Excellent. So question number one, what is your favorite neighborhood in Vancouver? I hate to be partial. I think still Richmond. <laughs> between your between your uh, home and your drive to work. <laughs> it is. <laughs> now, <laughs> with the advent of the Millennium Line and uh, the quick access, it just become wonderful. And the access to the airport is incredible if you're a traveler. Right. And and speaking of this sort of leads into the second question, especially thinking of Richmond, what is your, your favorite bar or restaurant? Uh, that's a tough one. I hate to uh, – uh, the bars are non-existent for me because I'm, not, I'm one of those crazy non-drinkers. Uh, <laughs> but the restaurants, I have to tell you, the small little mom-and-pop shops in Stevenson are the ones to go to. If you get a chance, I think Stevenson is the place to come to. And there's a lot of – just a small place that you don't hear about, I think give them a chance. Downtown Penthouse or Westside Mansion? Or Richmond Mansion? I still am a proponent of the uh, the single-family mansion, if you can afford it. <laughs> <laughs> Owned by, it goes back to my 30 years, which is still is, buy as big a piece of land as you can underneath that mansion. Yeah, hey, sound advice. Where's the first place you bring someone from out of town? I still take them to Whistler. I still think that uh, anyone you talk to that's away from here, they come, they see it, they're just blown away by that drive to Whistler and seeing Whistler. And and the final question, Kush, has there been anything that you've purchased in the last year or so under $500? It could be a gadget, a book, uh, it's an album, anything that has kind of had a, a, a large impact on your life that you can share with us? 
I wish it was under 500. I still think uh, the good old iPad has been a game changer for me. I think oh, wow. uh, that's one, one thing that I didn't think I was going to be using that much that I now basically haul with me anywhere I go in the world. Hey, good one. Yeah, that is a good one. Okay, well, thanks so much for your, your time, Kush. That was a fantastic uh, conversation, and there's a lot of gems of wisdom there. So I think our listeners are really going to benefit. I appreciate the opportunity to be able to talk to you. Thank you. And uh, Kush, just a last question. How can people find out more about Panach Group and uh, what you guys are up to? Well, we actually, for the first time ever, have a website. It's panachgroup.com, and uh, that's where they can actually find out about, about the upcoming project, too. Uh, so it would be great uh, to be able to have anyone visit that, and we we'll look forward to hearing from them. Excellent. Well, thanks again for your time. Great. Take care. So there you have it, folks, our discussion with Kush Panach of the Panach Group. Huge fan of Kush's. He's a interesting guy, also super nice guy. Yeah, no, I mean, I said uh, to somebody yesterday, I mean, Kush is the definition of a guy. You talk to him and it's like, he may not be a salesman, but his personality sells you. That's yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, he's, and, and he's, he's, he's in, a guy with integrity and uh, a really nice guy. Absolutely. And uh, definitely took a lot away from that interview. And what I think is exciting about 50 Electronic Ave is this is kind of their foray into larger developments right. where he's brought on his son. Uh, it sounds like his daughter's involved and they're kind of taking it to the next level. It's family business. And it's, yeah, that's, it's really exciting when they're, when you're at that level where you're just, you know, you've been tried and true at the townhouse level and you're, and you're moving into that next, that next level. It's just exciting stuff. Something about family businesses. No kidding. You heard it here first. <laughs> so maybe before we cut for the day, we've also got the Vancouver real estate podcast.com website. Go check that out. It's got all the current information and it's got the best resources. That's right. We have under the research button, PCS. Private client services, Matt, if you are not using PCS, you are standing still while the rest of us power walk by. You get sold prices, days on market. You get realtor level information. It's all updated 36 to 72 hours before public MLS and it's free. It's the best resource out there for searching for real estate in greater Vancouver. Absolutely. We also have the live wire you want deals? We got, we got deals. deals. And we got the deal of the month. And there's deals to be had right now. I'm telling you, August 2018 is a good time to be looking for deals. We got the deal of the month. Sign up to the live wire where you get tips, tricks, market stats, information on episodes, and uh, and that deal of the month. Yeah, and the mobile app. Oh, right. I forgot about augmented reality. Picture this, Matt. You're surfing in Stanley Park. Tofino? No, Stanley Park. You got your, sorry, your sidewalk surfing. You're on your land yacht. Oh, right. Yeah, I do have a land yacht. Yeah, so you're carving, and you're coming up on the west end, you see this magnificent building with a massive tree coming out the oh, top. Oh, imagine, imagine the views from John Travolta's place up it's there. It's not John Travolta's place. It's, uh, it's Demi Moore's. Demi Moore's? No. Is it's, it? It's, it's Dick Cheney's. I heard it's, it was Elton John's. Yeah, no, it might be Elton John's. But here's the thing. Regardless of whose it is, you point your phone at it, and you won't find out whose it is, <laughs> but you will find out if there's any condos listed in that building yeah. for sale. Who knows? That unit might actually be for sale. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, we can pull title for you and figure out whose it is. <laughs> Put the the discussion that has plagued the West End for decades to Sporats. rest. <laughs> you heard it here first. 
And the last but not least is uh, we really appreciate everybody. We've had a lot of people sharing on Instagram, Vancouver Real Estate Podcast, um, also on Facebook, uh, or tagging us in posts, which we always really yeah, hugely always appreciate. And uh, we're trying to grow with the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast, the V-Repper community. So if you do uh, want to share the podcast with somebody and you're finding that you're getting value from it, the biggest compliment that you can really give to us is uh, is to share it with one person in your life that you think will benefit from it. It could be somebody in your family, a friend, a colleague. We really, really appreciate it up front. And uh, thank you very much for helping us grow this thing. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And thanks for the reviews and, and the shares and everything else for sure. Last but not least, Matt, how can people reach you? 778-847-2854 or matt at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com or you or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or adam at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com we also got that nonpartisan line info at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com enjoy the week guys take care two thousand faces for radio subscribe today Hey everyone, pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. We want to take a minute to tell you about Holy House, a nonprofit organization that provides community building programs and tenant support services to low-income seniors, veterans, families, and vulnerable residents in the downtown east side and across the lower mainland. Melissa from our team has been volunteering at Holy House. Melissa, what's been your experience? Honestly, it's been so fulfilling just to spend a few hours a week in the community and watch how the staff really transforms these vulnerable communities from the inside out, starting with just small things, right? Playing games, drinking coffee, having some simple conversations that you wouldn't necessarily think are super fulfilling. And you come out just feeling like you've really made an impact and connected with the community. And you've been to multiple buildings, but you're playing games, drinking coffee. Yeah. You know, serving food sometimes. And you made some friends along the way. I've made some friends along the way. It's really helped me be more present, actually, in those moments of just, you know, realizing how simple life can be to make an impact, right? Fantastic. And if you want to learn more, you can definitely check out Jenny Conkin, co-founder of Holy House, who is a past guest fan favorite on the show, or head over to holyhouse.ca where you can donate or volunteer, and they're looking for both donations, and they definitely like volunteers. That's holyhouse.ca. Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020.